What's wrong with me? My hair. No, this can't be happening. Is this a dream? I screamed in a panic. Mommy, mommy, what's going on? I burst into my parents' bedroom, showing my mom huge clumps of hair in my hands. Oh my God, Emma, what happened? My mom was just in shock. Mommy, I'm so scared. Am I dying? Don't be silly. Get your things. Let's go to the hospital. I don't want to be bald. Mom, help me. As if she could do anything to help. Hi, everyone. My name is Emma, and I was given a very generous gift in life of being very beautiful. My sisters, on the other hand, were not blessed with good looks, and they just hate me for it. My sisters' names are Elsa and Emily, and we're all born one year apart. I'm the youngest of the sisters. It just so happens that the girls were born looking like daddy. My jeans. I'm proud that my daughters look like me. He told his friends. And for men, looks are not important at all. But for women, it's the most important thing in life. I'm sure of it. No, my dad's not a freak. He's a fairly average looking man with incredible intelligence and great charisma. So I understand why my mother once chose him. How could I not fall in love with the best man in the world? She used to say, My two sisters were born exactly like our father. Red hair, eyebrows, and eyelashes. A lot of freckles, big noses, small eyes, thin lips, and pointy ears. They're very unlucky in that respect, which is not the case with me. I look like my mother. I have blonde, thick hair, big blue eyes, plump lips, and a cute little nose. What a lucky girl I am. I'm very proud of my looks. You look like an angel. You are perfect. I often hear from guys and even girls. It feels great to receive such compliments. But these differences have become a bone of contention between me and my sisters. What an adorable little girl. People used to say of me in my childhood with affection. Sure, her eyes are so big, you can't even see her nose. She's like an alien. She's not adorable. My older sister would always respond sneeringly. And I can understand Emily and Elsa because they never got compliments from the people around them. But there were plenty of mocking and insulting words flying at them. You might want to shower to wash the dirt off your faces. My classmates laughed at my sisters. Imagine how hurtful such words were at a very young age. And of course, because of that, Emily and Elsa hated me from the time I was in diapers because they realized quite early on how different I was from them. How ridiculous and clumsy you are, just like an elephant. My sisters giggled when I tripped over something or accidentally dropped something. Yes, I have that trait, but can you really be so mean to a person for being clumsy? Besides, my sisters often played pranks on me, trying to ruin my appearance. For example, one day I was left practically bald after a shower. My hair started falling out in clumps, and I almost died of horror. Later, I found out that my sisters were behind it all. They added hair removal cream to my shampoo. Why did you girls do that? Mom asked them in frustration. We don't know, my sisters answered guiltily. Though there was a twinkle of delight in their eyes, and as we got older, the tension between us got stronger and stronger. You are a fool, but you get everything so easily because of your pretty face, the girls told me. And I agreed, because as I got older, I realized that looks could solve a lot of problems. For example, my teachers used to give me higher grades and often told me openly 
that I had a great future with my looks. Speaking of the future, my sisters and I had something in common. We all dreamed of being actresses, and each of us was sure of her success. I belong on the stage. I have a talent. Emily used to say confidently, I know how to get into the role and can even play Emily Rose. Elsa answered arrogantly, And I'll just be an actress because I'm beautiful. I always told my sisters confidently, which made them angry. I had no doubt that they would have to try very hard to get into theater school. And even then, it won't give them any guarantee of success. And as for me, look at my eyes. Well, how could members of the admissions committee be able to resist my charm? My sisters knew that too, so they would do anything to kill my self-confidence. And once, they almost succeeded. We were in a school play together called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And as you may have guessed by now, I was supposed to play Snow White because no one could do the role better than me. And my sisters were gnomes. Did you expect that? I suppose so. You're no Snow White. You're better suited to play a witch. My sister said with envy, Don't be jealous, dwarfs. I laughed. But in my heart, I was glad that once again, I was number one. However, shortly before the show, I got sick and my role was given to Emily. She was ecstatic and I was furious. Redheaded Snow White? What could be worse? This play is doomed to fail. I made fun of my sister, but Emily didn't care. She was excited about her upcoming performance. However, three days before the show, she informed me that she couldn't do the play because she was sick too, and she asked me to play the part for her. You're already feeling better, so you can do better than me. My sister told me, and I couldn't refuse. Indeed, at that time, I felt great, and I was ready for the role of Snow White. On the day of the play, I was very late, because my sisters couldn't find the keys to the apartment. I literally ran out of the house at the last minute. I didn't have time to prepare at all, and I was on stage just in time for the performance. My Snow White outfit, my hair, and makeup I was irresistible and absolutely sure of my success. But the moment I stepped on stage, the audience burst out laughing. I didn't understand what it was and continued to play my role until the head of our school's drama club pulled me off the stage. Have you lost your mind? What are you doing? She whispered angrily to the cackling of the audience. It turned out that while I was sick and didn't go to school, they had decided to cancel Snow White. And instead, they prepared a New Year's Eve performance in which none of my sisters were involved. Except I didn't know anything about it. So my sisters decided to pull a prank on me by asking me to perform instead of Emily. And when Santa Claus was supposed to appear on stage, I showed up. And I wasn't even confused by the Christmas music playing in the background because I was so caught up in the process. I just imagined the embarrassment I went through. My classmates and sisters laughed at me for a long time and called me Snow White Santa. You're such a naive fairy tale fool. My sisters laughed at me angrily. And that was not my last fiasco. Life had something worse in store for me, worse than a failure on the stage. Emily and Elsa were in the same class, so they graduated a year ahead of me. However, they didn't rush into university they decided to spend a year preparing for the admissions exams. I, on the other hand, had no doubts about my charm and was confident that I could easily impress the admissions committee. 
And while my sisters spend a lot of time and energy preparing for college entrance exams by attending drama school, acting class, ballet school, public speaking classes, vocal lessons, I was living my life to the fullest without having to worry about getting in because I had no doubt that I would get into drama school on the first try. I was sure that all the stages were waiting for me and all the directors were weeping bitter tears without me and that I was exactly the actress Hollywood dreamed of. Try harder, be good girls, and maybe luck will smile on you. I laughed at my sisters as they once again ran from one class to another. My last school year just flew by and I found myself in the threshold of a new life where a great theatrical future awaited me. And the first admission exams, in fact, were much easier for me than for Emily and Elsa. The teachers were thrilled with me, and some even said I looked like Marilyn Monroe, which was very flattering. However, on the very last test, things didn't go according to plan. The applicants had to demonstrate a creative assignment that each had to prepare in advance. Emily was the first to perform and appeared before the jury as Pippi Longstocking. She was very nervous, but nevertheless, the chairman of the admission committee, a famous actor, praised her and said he'd be happy to see her as a freshman. Oh my God, oh my God, I think it's a success. Emily told Elsa through her tears, unable to believe she got accepted. Elsa was the next to perform. She was imitating Rain. I don't know what could be sillier. How did she ever think of such a thing? and the members of the jury seemed to think the same. However, the same actor's comment shocked everyone. You have a very unconventional look. Your face stands out from the crowd and is memorable. So I'm sure you belong on stage. Elsa, like Emily, burst into tears of joy. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. Did you hear? You heard, didn't you? Yay! I'm going to study at the theater school! She exclaimed. My sisters hugged each other tightly and jumped for joy but I was not very happy with their success because I was looking forward to my own success, especially since it was my turn to perform in front of the jury. To be honest, I didn't think much about the creative task. What difference does it make if I'm going to be accepted anyway? So I just memorized the poem and recited it. That's it? What were you hoping for, girl? The famous actor asked in a surprised and dismissive way. Um, I was counting on your enthusiasm, mister. I said with a smile, trying to hide my confusion. Well, I admire your confidence, but no, no, being an actress is not your thing. He said coldly and confidently slammed the folder with my application. My eyes went black and barely able to stand on my feet. I walked out of the room, not believing the reality of what was happening. As soon as I regained my senses, my sisters began to reassure me. It's not over yet. You'll get a next year, or you'll find yourself in something else. Emily and Elsa comforted me. I didn't expect them to be so supportive, and I had no choice but to hug them tightly and burst into tears. I wasn't prepared for such a failure. And at that moment, I wanted to be with the people closest to me, my sisters. Unfortunately, I couldn't change anything, and I had to start preparing for readmission. Now I take all the classes that my sisters took, while they themselves are already mastering their dream profession. It turns out that appearance is not the main thing and it's not the key to success. I wish I'd realized this sooner. I hope I can get in on the second try and make my dreams come true. Do you use your looks? 
Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi, my name is Agatha, and I want to tell you the story of how my father tried to get me into the military academy. But before I start, please subscribe to the channel and like my videos. It all started on that day, when Rob and I were playing Mario Kart at my house. As it always happens, we completely forgot about time. What time is it? I asked worriedly. Two o'clock. Why? Oh crap, you have to go now. We had, by my count, about ten minutes. Unless, of course, Dad decided to stop at the store to get his favorite muffins. Before we could get our heads together, we heard the front door creak. Honey, I'm home. There was a look of horror on my face. Rob didn't understand anything and was about to say something, but I put my index finger to his lips. Hey! I yelled back at my dad. You're early today! I heard him turn on the TV. I whispered, leave, but be quiet. What happened? Rob also asked in a whisper. My dad hates all my boyfriends. He's also a retired officer and has guns. The kid got worried. All your boyfriends? How many of them did you have? If you're so interested, not many. You'd better worry about my dad not making a sieve out of you. He's got a real temper. Okay. Rob reluctantly agreed. I left the room and quickly made my way down the stairs. I walked up to my dad and put my arm around his shoulders. How was school? He asked, not looking away from the screen. Rob, meanwhile, was still upstairs. What an idiot! To give the boy a sign, I said loudly, Okay, just hope someone comes downstairs. What? Dad turned around and stared at me like I was crazy. I mean, the exams. I should study more. Oh, that's right. I turned my head and saw Rob walking slowly down the stairs. Can you go any slower? I thought to myself. My father was about to turn to me, but I exclaimed in time. What a kick! Nothing special. They're playing like a bunch of monkeys today. There was a rumbling sound behind me. Rob stumbled and tumbled down the stairs. I screamed. My father jumped up from his chair and quickly grabbed the bat that was always in the corner of the room. That's when Rob got really scared and realized he had to get out of the room as quickly as possible. He jumped up from the floor and ran out of the house. Dad rushed after him. Stop, you miserable thief. I, not wanting to be the reason Rob ends up in the hospital, yelled out to my father. Wait, he's not a thief. It's Rob. Dad stopped and looked at me. Even though he was silent, I knew exactly what he was thinking. That night, I got to hear it all. I told you not to bring guys here. In fact, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. They stick to you like flies. It's not good. And all that kind of stuff. Then Dad added, If I ever see you with a boy again, I'll send you to military school. What? I was really surprised, to put it mildly. Yeah, you're a loose cannon. You need discipline, and I think I've been too easy on you. 
But that's ridiculous. Mom wouldn't let that happen. You leave your mother out of this. Dad went back to the TV. I slammed the door and hid in my room. That's just great. I complained loudly. Now I feel like I'm in prison. I needed someone to talk to right away. So I texted Sam. SOS, help me out. A minute later, I got a reply. What's up? I'm on a date. That's amazing, I exclaimed. There are dates and boys all around me, and I need to stay away from it. It was real torture. The next day at school, I grabbed Sam's hand and took her to the bathroom. Ow, that hurt. My friend was angry, but she obediently followed me. When we went to the bathroom, I checked to see if anyone was in there. It was empty. Then I said, Actually, I needed your help yesterday. I wanted to respond, but Kevin... I don't want to hear anything. My life is a nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing, except that yesterday, my dad almost beat Rob with a bat. He also told me not to go out with boys or he'll send me to the military academy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I can't give up boys, but I'm not much of a soldier either. They'll cut my hair off. I can't handle that. What are you going to do? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I needed some good advice. Sam thought for a few minutes, and then she exclaimed, Bingo! I've got it! Sam's plan was pretty simple. I needed to bring back my musical past. I used to play the piano, and now I need to pretend to give lessons. Instead, I would be able to go on dates, without causing much suspicion from my father. Not bad, except I'm not that good at piano. You don't have to play. Just say you were asked to help. My father fell for my story when I told him about my plans. It's a good idea, he said in his usual mentor voice. Maybe you should keep practicing because you quit so abruptly and you might make a little extra money. It's a start. I was very happy. Now it was necessary to make a schedule and assign a specific time to each guy. Adam would take Wednesday after four. That's about the time he gets off practice. And we could go to the movies. I scheduled Andrew for Friday, 5 o'clock. He promised to take me bowling. And even though I couldn't play, it should be fun. That leaves Liam. I saved Sunday for him. My only day off. We don't do anything special with Liam. Just hang around town or sit in front of a store and make up funny nicknames for people. Usually the lesson lasted an hour, but I told my dad that I managed to get the slowest students together. And they needed more time so I could stay for like three hours. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that lasts an hour? And then there's travel time and hugging. I'd have to multitask. Now it's time to tell you how it was put into practice and what happened in the end. On Wednesday, I prepared in advance. I gathered all my old music notebooks and came up with a cover-up story. What do you have today? My father asked me as I came down the stairs, carrying my music books under my arm and trying to cram them into my backpack as I passed him. There's a girl from China. They just arrived, and her mother wants her to take some music lessons. Hmm, well, good luck with that. I kissed my dad on the forehead and went over to Kim's. I mean, to Adam. We were supposed to meet at the box office in the movie theater. I had to carry my backpack everywhere, but it wasn't such a high price to pay for trying to somehow avoid military school and another fight with my dad. The no dating option seemed absurd to me, and I didn't even consider it. We only live once, you know. I was a little late. Adam muttered something to himself, but I safely ignored his frustration. 
A respectable girl is never on time. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. The movie was lousy. Adam kept trying to make jokes, and he wasn't very good at it. We kept getting shushed, and we were asked to behave. About halfway through the movie, I said I had to go out for a minute. Okay, Adam said. I walked out of the theater and went home. The next day, Sam asked, "How was it? It could have been worse. We could have been forced out of there." Okay, first time didn't go very well. On Friday, Andrew and I went bowling. Of course, to my father, Andrew was an Andrew, and Pauline was another lost soul who wanted to learn how to play Mozart and Beethoven. Bowling turned out to be even worse than the movies. I couldn't do it at all, which made me angry. And Andrew kept saying, "I don't understand. It's so easy. You pick it up and drop it." He decided to show me how to do it and got a strike. See, it's easy. Well, if that's the case, we're not going to make it. I hate bowling in general. It's an old man's game. I took my backpack and ran. I was getting desperate. There was still Liam, but he and I were more like friends. All our communication was limited to trolling random passersby. But on Saturday, the day before we were supposed to meet, the guy texted, "I have an idea." It's a surprise. I was in anticipation of either a grandiose disaster or something really interesting. Turns out, Liam had bought two tickets to the Dolphinarium. I didn't know we had such a place. I was surprised. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting places in town. The show was amazing. The dolphins did all kinds of tricks: jumped through hoops, juggled balls. It was much more interesting than that dull drama that Adam took me to. And bowling. Andrew's stupid initiative. I didn't notice how or when, but Liam took my hand. I looked at him and blushed slightly. That day confirmed one fundamental truth: sooner or later, quantity converts to quality. All I had to do was survive two disappointing dates. But even now, we couldn't resist and began to observe people in the crowd and make up amusing stories about them. Look. I pointed to a man in tight white pants with lush hair, former jockey. Yeah, got hurt when he fell off a horse. Lives with his mother now, and goes shopping in his old minivan. That was a good one. So it was Liam's turn. Over there, see? He's like, he's got a menacing face, like he's ready to pounce. And that's when I saw my father. He was looking right at us, and he didn't look happy. It's time to get out of here. On the way, I explained to Liam what happened. Weird, he summed up. Yeah, I'm afraid to imagine what's waiting for me at home, but I couldn't figure it out. What my father was doing at the Dolphinarium, I expected anything: shouting, accusations of lies, threats. But when I entered the house, my father didn't say a word. The next day, he calmly announced that he had submitted my papers to military school. My worst nightmare was coming true. No amount of tears or persuasion had any effect on Dad. I locked myself in my room and didn't want to leave. Suddenly, out of the blue, someone came to the rescue. Liam texted me, "Look, I think I have a solution to your problem." I sneaked out of the house and went to the place Liam had picked. He, without any greeting, said, "It's a strange coincidence. I never told you about my father." But he's the director of the military school, the one where your dad wants to send you. A glimmer of hope. 
I spoke to him and he said he would help you. How? I don't know. But don't worry, my father will think of something. A week later, a letter came from the academy and much to my delight, I got a rejection. My father was shocked. He even wanted to fight with the management. But after a while, he cooled off. I told him more about Liam. I explained that it wasn't a fling. And my dad decided he'd give us a chance. So I didn't get into the military academy. That's a good thing. I would have been the worst student in the history of the institution. Have you ever been able to get out of a bad situation? Tell me about it in the comments. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But back to me and the killer hot dog, which was reaching out to me. He must have had a gun in there. I screamed even louder. And I think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream. Come on, it's just a flyer for a coffee shop. You don't have to react like that. No, I mean, I know I've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood. But your reaction, miss, is very hurtful, you know. What? You can talk? I asked with a dumbfounded expression, touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material. Pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I can calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker and I read them every day and they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day. But then something clicked in their heads and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them, except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile, and I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused, and I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy, and one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real. The pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, but I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. 
I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me, and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes, and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways, and then an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me, because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going. Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red. The driver, upon hearing this, wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have. Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else, or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. I'm not Jin, leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough, I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud. How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. 
I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter. My mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different. But in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing, but when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However, good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same gin in the store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. They were always pulling my hair. And I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now, and she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me, although I trusted her, told her about the problems in the family. But Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground, 
It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now, and I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments, click the bell so you don't miss new stories, and like this video!